Welcome back to Signposts. This is one of your hosts, Andrew Boylan, with my dad, Pastor William Boylan. We uh, come to you every week about this time to talk about America and talk about its founding and its planting and the in the Christian values that came along with it and where we believe that that has brought our country today. So we thank you for joining us, and we're going to continue today talking about Martin Luther. We've been talking about the Reformation. It's been a major anniversary of the Reformation, 500 years this year. And so we thought it was worthy to uh, spend a few episodes on it. And we, we left off at a high point in the formation, forming of Martin Luther's mind um, at, a, at a critical juncture in his life. And, and in a moment, we'll continue with that. I want to welcome anybody to PastorBoylan.com to find out more about signposts. And just as we went into the break, Dad, you were talking about the lightning storm. Yeah, Martin Luther, from his father, really, wanted Martin to become a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed like a profitable uh, venture, and uh, Luther had the mind to do it. But Luther was also really weighed down by his sin. He just—he was uh, real—he was really serious about his uh, lack of godliness and uh, the sin in his life. And the church had led him to believe that uh, there was a way for him to get his act together. Mm. But he didn't seem to be able to get his act together. Uh, some would even argue, I think, uh, to the point that it almost seemed pathological. I mean, it, he, it weighed him down and burdened him so much that, uh, that it was uh, beyond the pale. In fact, one of his uh, later counselors uh, said, Martha, uh, Martin, relax. <laughs> you know, you, you know. Uh, but Martin couldn't relax because this, this sin issue with him was a ma- major one. And on his way to law school, I'll call it that, a thunderstorm hit and a lightning bolt nearly killed him. It struck so close, it terrified him. And he concluded, he concluded, he interpreted that lightning bolt as being sent from heaven to get him to go another way. In other words, you're going the wrong way because if you're getting struck down by lightning, it's probably not the path God wants you on. Go, <laughs> go to a path that's open to you. Well, anyway... So he did. He, he, he ceased to uh, want to go to law school, and he went and joined a monastery, an mm. Augustinian monastery. Now, he was a bright man, obviously. He wouldn't have been going into law if he, ha- he, he had a uh, real sharp mind. So he began to apply his mind in the, as a monk uh, mm. to teaching, <clears throat> and he became a teacher. And in the year 1513, uh, he began to teach a series on the Psalms. Mm. And he would run across statements in the Psalms that didn't sound like what he was hearing from a pulpit mm-hmm. uh, or what he was supposed to teach as uh, a monk or as a religious teacher. Uh, they seemed to have a different quality about them, a different spirit. Uh, 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 they, were, they were far more hopeful than uh, he could imagine himself ever being, you know, because he just thought... You know, you wade yourself through this life and hope for the best. And, Mm. uh, you know, uh, maybe I don't know all of this, and I won't want to tag it onto him. But but I've uh, been a Christian a long time, and I've talked to people who have been Christians a long time, too. And and I know that if you're not careful, uh, and if you don't really cast yourself on the grace of God and really believe it, the mercy of God— we, uh, our lives are such that when we look at them honestly and introspectively, uh, we don't always want to think of ourselves as facing God and answering for what our lives have been. Mm. Yeah, and the Bible hopeful is hopeful because it tells us not to do that anyway. 
But in other words, I cast ourselves on the Lord, trust him, trust his grace, trust his mercy, trust his love for us, uh, and, and, and recognize all the way through that it's grace, it's undeserving, it's, you can't explain it. You can't say, well, he loved me because of this, or he didn't love my next door neighbor. You have no explanation for that. It's, it's hidden in the heart of God. It's a secret thing. The secret things belong to God. It's the things that have been revealed that belong to us, mm. to our children. So Martin Luther got glimmers of this in the Psalms. Things of the Psalms. Perhaps he was reading, and I don't know this for sure, but you know, he might have been teaching on Psalm 51 mm. when David is dealing with his adultery with Bathsheba and uh, pleading with God for mercy because he has no justification. He can't, he can't give God a good reason for what he did. He, he says, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's all he can plead for is, is mercy. That's all. Mm -hmm. and, and things like that in the Psalms began to awaken Luther to a depth and a, a character uh, trait in God that he maybe wasn't hearing in the life of the churches at the time, which was so legalistic and mm -hmm. so overbearing. Well, then the next year, uh, uh, thereabouts, around uh, 1715, mm. uh, he began a new series on Galatians. Mm. And the book of Galatians is much more uh, directive and much clearer regarding God's grace. Paul is trying to explain to the church at Galatia that it's all of God. Uh, your salvation has come to you as a gift. God sent me to you to announce good news. Mm. Not bad news, good news. Uh, the good news is that uh, God has sent his son into the world. It's, it's an interesting Greek word, by the way. Uh, evangel uh, the evangel. Uh, uh, the idea is behind that word, uh, an announcement that is to send joy through the realm. Uh, a gospel that's how, one way to translate that Greek word. A gospel, uh, euangelion, the Greek word, but gospel, uh, was proclaimed by the Roman emperor whenever he had a son who was going to take the, the empire, who was going to inherit the empire. Uh, the word went out to all the Romans that a son had been born to the emperor, and that was a gospel, a good news. And so it's very interesting that uh, God, in his wisdom, in trying to communicate his message to uh, us uh, creatures of his, uh, uses the same concept with his sending his son. Mm. Uh, when, when his son comes into the world, he's going to inherit the kingdom. He's going to be king of kings and lord of lords. Well, what do you do? You proclaim a gospel the yes. same way the emperor did. Absolutely. <laughs> and so— and and. In those days, uh, you didn't have to tell people what was being communicated because they were aware of that. That was part of their world. Mm. So it was it was commonplace in the sense that it happened. It certainly was not commonplace in the in the case of who had been born. <laughs> right. But it was commonplace to do that. To make a so, decree. Well, this is a good moment to remind people, if you're just joining us, that you're listening to Signposts and um, we're part of the WBIX Salem Radio Network. We're a mission and a ministry that believes that the gospel was planted here in America and through its planting, much of America's greatness was was grown. And we want to remind people of those stories and how that was developed. Um, but today, we want, with the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, we wanted to talk about Martin Luther. And that's where, what we're talking about today. And you're listening to Signposts. And you please visit us at pastorboylan.com um, where you can find out more about our ministry. 
and we'll continue with Galatians. Yeah, Andrew, uh, the book of Galatians is really clarifying for the Galatian Christians what it is that God has done in the light of uh, their need to be forgiven, the need to be redeemed, the need to be really recreated. Mm. Uh, There's no doubt about it that the idea in the Bible, uh, the teaching of the Bible, is that when God touches a life, he's intending to create it all over again. You are new creations in Christ Jesus, mm. Paul says, and he meant it the way he said it. And you're a new creation. You're not a you're not a revamp thing. <laughs> you, are, as far as what God has done, you were once born from below. You were born with human characteristics. You were born with your parents' nature. This is a fallen world. Uh, fallen human beings can only reproduce themselves, so they reproduce a fallen human being. Mm. What else are you going to produce? Absolutely. We, uh, and so when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus about what's what he's come to do, he says, Nicodemus, uh, you're a teacher of the Jews. You should know this, but in case you've forgotten, let me tell you, you must be born again. Mm. You must be born what? From above. You must be born of the Spirit. You can't control that. The Spirit blows where it wills. You hear it's like the wind. In fact, the word for for spirit, or the word we translate as spirit, is really the word wind. Mm. Uh, it's both the Greek and the and the Hebrew language. It's kind of interesting to me. Uh, in Greek, it's the word pneuma. Mm. So if you have an air-driven hammer, you have a pneumatic hammer. Right. Right. And if you're having trouble breathing, you have pneumonia. Right. It's from pneuma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's spirit. Spirit is really wind. It does a lot. You, you, it's powerful. It moves a lot of things, but you can't see it. Right. <laughs> and that's the Spirit of God. He He moves the world around, but you don't see it. But you can't see yeah. it. Yep. You, you have to walk by faith. And the word in Hebrew, I like the Hebrew language because the word sounds like what it is. Right. The, yeah. And it, rah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like a wind, a gust of wind. Yeah. And uh, But it's the same idea. So here we are uh, in Galatians. Paul explaining very carefully to the Galatians the wonder of what God has done. He has sent his son into the world to save the world, uh, and he knows that sin has to be dealt with, but he'll deal with it in his own body on the tree. Now, uh, this, this, uh, uh, real, this teaching in Galatians really began to excite and release, I, would, I like that word, kind of release uh, Luther to think about these things in a different direction than he'd been thinking. Mm. There's something going on here that I just haven't been grasping. And then afterward, around the time of the 95 Thesis, uh, then he went, after he finished Galatians, he went to the book of Romans. Mm. And then he really got it. He got it. Uh, you know, Romans was really uh, a, a letter that Paul wrote to defend himself uh, I use that word. Maybe uh, it might be, well, it's not a bad word to use, but what, well, here's what was going on. Paul never wanted to preach where the gospel had been preached. Mm. He, he was an apostle to the Gentile world, and he wanted to reach the Gentile world as far and wide as he could. Mm. And he didn't want to go over old territory. Uh, uh, he would plant churches and then he'd move on. And he... Uh, the gospel had made its way, not by him either, but it had made its way to Rome. And Rome was the capital city of the day. Rome was the great city of the world. All roads led to Rome. Right. So he wrote a letter to the Romans who had, uh, they had money. 
they had they had wherewithal. Uh, but he wanted to go now to Spain, to Iberia, to the Iberian Peninsula, to mm. modern day Spain. Uh, he wanted to take the gospel there, but he has no money. Uh, you've just made appeal to our audience to help us uh, keep on the air, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the way it has to go. Uh, workman's worthy of his hire, and if a person's fed uh, uh, by someone, it's it's legitimate uh, to help that person who's doing the feeding. Mm. And Paul was feeding the message of Christ to the world. Yes, and he wanted to keep moving. He didn't want to go back from Rome, back on old territory that he'd already traversed. He wanted to keep going to Spain. But who's going to pay? Who's going to pay for that? I mean, he doesn't have the money to get there, mm-hmm. so he wants the the Roman Church to sponsor his mission. Mm. Well, they aren't going to sponsor a mission unless they know what the missionary is going to preach. Right. Now, I pastored a church for fifty years, yep. and we have uh, to this day we have about twenty missionary operations we help support. Right, uh, but we didn't do that willy nilly. Nobody, nobody just came and said, "Well, I got a good idea. Uh, will you write me into your budget?" Right. We said, "Well, tell us your good idea." And and what we really want to know is, when you go there as a missionary, what's your message? Mm. What do you got? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, we've often talked about kind of the background and the church and how and the church that Byfield Parish, where you were for fifty years. How does that? How does that work? Do do people come to you? Um, when they have a mission, or do you guys, do, were you, did your, does the missions committee sort of see who's out there and see who's working and go, I, I, you know, this is, this is an exciting mission field, you know, or this missionary is really getting the gospel into this very embedded community or this very difficult place to reach, you know, some place in Islamic Turkey or, you know, something like that. How, you know, what is some of that mechanics? Well, it's it's uh, just as you're really kind of describing it. It's multifarious. It's not one thing or another. Uh, uh, of course, people who have felt a call of God to go and to do a certain thing and to preach, uh, they'll they'll initiate. They'll come to us. They'll make contact with us. And say, would you would you help us? Take uh, to give you. A, Good concrete example right here in uh, in the Boston area down Dorchester. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a mission down there that we support. It's a uh, Paul and uh, Glenna Malcomis are the couple that felt led to go into that area because kids were in need, particularly it was youngsters, and uh, and they wanted to be of help. How they got there, how they got knowledge of that, or word of it, or wind of it, or however you say it, I I'm not sure I know. But they wanted to go in there, and they wanted to really, literally, sacrifice their lives to help that community. Mm. And they started what they called the Boston Project. Mm. Well, uh, Paul Malcomese knew my daughter Andrea, your older sister. Right. And uh, so they knew about us. They knew about the church, and they knew we had a heart for missions. So they approached us. Yep. Uh, they, they made a call, and they told us what they were all about, and they said, if you you know feel that God uh, wants you to do it, we certainly want you to do it to give us the support. Mm. And uh, we saw that to be a worthwhile and worthy uh, ministry, and uh, we like to do things in our area anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, we want to do them everywhere. It's not that, but particularly Boston area where we're Bostonians and uh, and we want the gospel to flourish here. And if you've got a young couple who want to go into that uh, location that's really uh, uh, needs a lot of uh, support and help, 
uh, uh, to, and, and not just generally, but in terms of the grace of God and the gospel of God in Jesus Christ, then that's where I had it. So in that case, there's an example. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course, I mean, New England is a, and Massachusetts in particular is a great place. I mean, we would want to reach here because, I mean, according to the Pew Research, this is one of the number one atheistic states in the country. I mean, the gospel, you know, it's it's interesting to me when we talk about signposts that it the gospel was brought here, brought to the shores of New England, brought to the shores of Massachusetts in particular, came to Boston, you know, formed these towns. These towns were built out of a desire to be a shining light to the world. And now we are the furthest from that light. And to to bring that light back to this area to be a beacon again you know, it isn't, you often talk about it. It was referenced in meetings that we've had here at the radio station that, that Boston is one of the most influential cities. And at the beginning, and at the beginning it was also, and when it was a, when it was a shining light and now it's gone the entire other direction. And um, it makes me wonder if, you know, if this is why a ministry like signpost should exist, because this is a place that doesn't, that needs light Right now, as much we go, we talk about, we, I mean, Islamic Turkey or, you know, or Iraq or Iran or all, uh, lots of places, but we're right here in our own country, one of the, you know, one of the number one cities that needs to hear the gospel the most, that is turned away from the gospel the most, is where it was came to to begin with. So, I mean, it was interesting and that, why, and, and as we talk about Paul and and uh, the Galatians and bringing the message and carrying the message. That's what we want to do every day. I mean, that's what we are seek to do all the time here at Signposts. You know, as you say that, Andrew, uh, I think about the fact that um, if there's anything that uh, had to break down in my understanding and my expectation and my belief, I call it what you will, uh, because of the church I was exposed to. I wasn't raised in the church. My family was there tendentially. Uh, I was sent to Sunday school and my mother went infrequently and my father only when he was forced. So we were not exactly churchgoers. And the church was not exactly a spiritual hotbed either, to be perfectly honest. Uh, What was coming from the pulpit was far more rationalistic than supernatural. Uh, And and, and that's to say that uh, I had a very I have to deal with myself, say that there really is a spiritual world. There really is spiritual evil. There really is a devil. Mm. He, it's not, he's, not, he's not something made up to help us just uh, talk about good and bad or light and dark. No, no, no. Yeah, it's not an allegory. Uh, it's a real he, there thing. There you go. He's a real person, yeah. a real personality. Really affecting the lives of and everybody day in, day out. Is it not really hopeful that the devil has targeted Boston? <laughs> because it means Boston is he scares him. Mm. <laughs> what happens in this city, what gets the hold of this city will have an effect on the whole world. Right. And the last thing he would want is for the things we're talking about one God, one savior, one way of salvation, one person who saved the whole world, Jesus Christ, who created the world because he's God the Son, then came into the world as a son of man. Then he died in his humanity, rose again in order to take us sinful human beings out of the world, in a sense, right, into, absolutely. into his kingdom. Now, that's not the message 
that if there is a devil, he would want proclaimed. <laughs> so, so where would you where would you attack if you were if you were the devil? Yeah. I go and try to destroy Boston and right. its influence. Absolutely, no, I, yeah, no. It was striking when, I, as I was thinking about it, as you were talking about Paul, and as I think about you know why we're here today, that there's so much going on at this moment in time. Oh, it's really true. Uh, uh, the the one minute spots that I'm doing, I'm trying to bring that out, and one minute's not a lot of time to talk about it. But my point really is that that America is a common grace nation. I don't think there's any such thing as a Christian nation. They don't exist. They never they never did, unless you want to call ancient Israel God's people. That's true. Mm. But 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 Jesus took the kingdom away from them. He said so. I'm taking the kingdom away from you and giving it to a people producing its fruits. Right, and so he didn't go and give it to uh, the uh, Germans or the Ghanians, or he didn't give it to another country. He gave it to a people who belonged to him, the Christian Church, which is made up of every tribe, every mm. tongue, every nation, and that has succeeded in now circling the world. And that, and so therefore, if a person reads the Book of Revelation, it's very interesting that the twelve. Uh, patriarchs, uh, the sons of, of Jacob, mm. uh, are not the foundation of the New Jerusalem. The apostles are. Mm. Because John, God took the, the kingdom, so to say, away from Israel. Not that Israel to be thrown away, and there's a lot, God has a lot of promises to fulfill to Israel. I'm not disparaging that. But the point really is that that the church is his true Israel. It's his true temple. It's it's really where God lives. He lives in the hearts of his people. You know, we're running out of time. Can I encourage people uh, to come back next week uh, and uh, maybe we can stay on this track with Luther for a while and really uh, make it, you know, really remember what God did in this man's life and how he affected the Western world. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I think, it, I think there's definitely... Uh another episode in this and more so much more they i mean we could spend all year um talking about the anniversary of martin luther so much so such a watershed moment in the history of the world that happened during his time but as we come uh to the end of this week's episode of signposts we do want to take this last moment to remind you to come to pastorboylan.com to see what we're doing we appreciate that you've been listening, anybody who is. And if you've been listening for the past year, you know that this isn't something that we've often done. But we do we do feel it present upon us at this moment to ask um, for anybody who has been listening. And if this has been something that has fed you and something that you want to see more people hear and you want to see if you want to see the reminders of how of God's influence in the American in American society and American life. Um, that is what we're about here on signposts. And we are, um, looking to for funding. We've, our funding has run out and, and our show is ending and, uh, but it can be, it can be continued. Uh, if there are listeners out there who feel that on their heart to support us, we would, uh, we greatly need that support, um, as we come into the end of the year. And, so I want to urge you to come to Pastor Boylan. There's plenty of opportunity there to both see what we're all about and find a, a place to um, 
to make a donation. Um, we are we are entirely listener supported, and we have been since the beginning. And so we ask that you uh, you look into that if that's something that you feel is um, on been placed upon your heart to do. Um, there's an opportunity to do that at pastorboylan.com. But we do thank you for tuning into Signposts, and we um, look forward to speaking with you again next week. Thank you.